Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for asking. And this is the 50th episode of Scott Scott. It's a big deal for us, and on today's episode, we're going to debut the Scott Score phone-in, so we're really looking forward to that. Uh, so this show is going to be stacked with content, we're really excited about it, so let's just dive right into it. So, Matthew, uh, let's talk about the Rangers game from the weekend there. Rangers played Motherwell, uh, and Rangers won 7-1, completely dominating Motherwell. What a fantastic performance from Rangers. Oh, it was absolutely unbelievable, Scott. We were dominated throughout the majority of the match, obviously. as one each at one point, but then straight after we were back in the front foot and absolutely got our heads in front again. We just battered them all over the pitch. Um, the red card might have changed the game slightly, but it definitely wouldn't have changed the result, I don't think. Um, that's probably the best complete performance I've seen in the Jedi era. And I just 7-1, you know, what, what more is it to say about it? It was just absolutely fantastic from the boys. Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, uh, Matthew, do you think it was a penalty? Uh, 100% it was a penalty. Like, all this biomechanics. <laughs> biomechanics. <laughs> oh, mate, I swear to God, man, I could not believe it. When I was watching that, I was like, is he at the wind-up? Is Michael Stewart at the wind-up? He was trying to justify his answer uh, by saying, oh, uh, the reason uh, Rangers shouldn't have got a penalty was due to biomechanics. And I'm like, what? What utter nonsense! Like Michael Stewart, right, is either the wind up or he is just a pure bitter guy, and he he just cannot get over the fact that Rangers snubbed him as a trialist years ago. It's either one or the other. He gets he gets paid. He gets actually paid money to spout that rubbish, and I don't. Yeah, he must be the wind up surely, because everyone's come out and said Tomo sat next to him on sports scene said it's a penalty. Qualified refs come out and say there's a penalty, and if you know anything about football, so but if you know anything about football, you'd say that was a penalty. It was a, like, it was deliberate. It was a clear handball, and Michael Stewart was saying, and you slide in for a tackle, your arms go up. No, they don't. We've all played football, and there's photos of Michael Stewart going in for tackles where his arm does not go up. Exactly, exactly. And when you play a slight tackle, normally their hands don't go flying about, do they? So, yeah. why should it be any different there? And it, was it, was, it was clearly deliberate, and it was a stonewall penalty. Right away when I seen it, I did not even need a replay. I was, I was like, right, that is a stonewall penalty, and it was the correct decision. And Stephen Robertson acted like a complete clown when the decision was made. It, it was embarrassing. It was. Um, it was embarrassing, and I don't expect any less from Motherwell there. That's what I like it. They play dirty and all that. Um, and there's, there's no question about it. Like you can compare all you want. Any the right decision was made. We got sent, the manager got sent to the stands. We scored a penalty twice. Um, Tavernier got once scored. Name a better penalty taker than Tavernier, Matt. Uh, you can <laughs> honestly, Tavernier. Yeah, Tavernier had a fantastic game. Uh, on Sunday he was outstanding but yes going back to uh, obviously the penalty incident and the, the second yellow it was as clearly a second yellow and it was a clear penalty and see for his first yellow card that was a yellow card as well and people are saying Morelos was overreacting no I wouldn't say so I would say it was a stonewall uh, first yellow as well it definitely was he came in harsh into Morelos you know took, took out the game Morelos he wasn't like he also was rolling a, bit, a wee bit holding his ankle. It wasn't making a big massive scene about it. He was hurt. So he was going to show his hurt, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to bounce straight back up after that. And quite right, like, two yellow cards. And Mick Hugh made a two poor decisions by 
start tackle then firstly by making himself big to try and stop the ball and ultimately stop with his hands uh-huh. so the ref definitely got it right in both decisions yeah yeah exactly mate and uh, I thought Rangers responded really well after Motherwell got the equaliser uh, Rangers showed a lot of character uh, throughout the whole game and Rangers played some really good stuff as well like we absolutely destroyed Motherwell completely like Tavenier, as we were just saying, I thought Tavenier was outstanding. I obviously have uh, been giving Tavenier quite a lot of criticism recently, but my God, I thought he was the best player on the park uh, on Sunday. He was phenomenal. There was a lot of standout players, but for me, Tavenier was man of the match. No, I was, like you said, there was a lot of candidates out there. Um, Grez, they would have to put his name in the hat as well. Um, his first kind of goals for the club, but Tav, what can you say? He's a captain. Um, like you said, you, you questioned him, his, his, his ability, his, his inconsistency. Yep. Uh, but at the weekend there, he was, he, his crosses were on point, um, which is obviously a difference from what the table used to over the last couple of weeks, but he's not been quite there. But today, he set, uh, sorry, the weekend there, he certainly was there. He looked creative. He, he looked, when he did have to defend, which was very little, he, he was comfortable in doing that. Yep. And he showed what it was meant to be a Rangers player. Um, as did everyone to be fair and you can't put him whatsoever he was definitely showing why he's the best right back in Scotland at the moment yeah I couldn't agree more going forward he always looked a threat as you said about his crossing his crossing was phenomenal he was fantastic that on uh, Sunday fantastic that was the best I've seen him this season hands down definitely obviously some of the European performances he's been great as well but definitely domestically uh, as for a lot of the boys are probably the best performance this season and hopefully mm-hmm. he as the captain can push on and be more consistent and show what he's all about yeah I could not agree more mate I thought Gredser came into the team and done fantastically well he was great got himself two goals and I'm sure he got himself uh, an assist as well he did he, he got an assist as well and two goals um, he looked lively he looked full of creativity um and he's not a selfish player like you said he got his assist if the chance is not there he'll, he'll pass it on um, I still think there's more to come from him like obviously he's still feeling his way into into the into Scottish football into the Rangers team what it yeah. means to be a Rangers player I mean that a few teams I think that's a lot of players have come to fresh in this game mm-hmm. um, and Gerard said after the, after the game that him just coming out his pre-season really because yeah. obviously he had his injury problems and if he shows what he'd done at the weekend there, every weekend, he's going to be a fantastic player for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, Arfield as well, I thought Arfield was really creative. When he got the ball, he always looked like a threat. He was making things happen. And it was a good week for him as well, I think. He became a dad for the second time. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, that's, I, I think, it, I may be wrong, but I'm sure he was at the Canada squad due to that. Um, obviously, he's having his child. And Gerard said he wanted to get his hat-trick due to that. But unfortunately, he didn't quite get the hat-trick. But... He took his two goals very calmly. People would easily panic in those situations, yeah. especially his first one. And he showed his experience, he showed his calmness, and took his two goals fantastically. And like I said, he's such a box to box midfielder. He uh-huh. can go forward great, but going back and doing the dirty work as well is fantastic. And you could argue he's one of our best midfielders overall, like how round he is, how, what he's got to his game. But on Sunday, um, he was 
absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was utter, he was utterly dominant. And another player who bossed the midfield, Ryan Jack. You know how much I love Ryan Jack, mate. Ryan Jack does the dirty stuff. He does the stuff that players, other players, don't want to do, and he does it tremendously well. Ryan Jack, what a passer of the ball he is as well, mate. Unbelievable. Yes. I think honestly, I, I, I actually think he's the best passer in Scotland. He's the best passing midfielder in the country. Well, he, he did the obviously I think other people might might argue against that. Well, of but, course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it definitely it doesn't. It, he's not going to be one of those players that's going to catch your eye and think, oh well, he's a world beater. Uh, he's not going to catch your eye every single game. But he, like you say, he does the simple stuff so well. Um, and he breaks up the pe- players so well. Yeah. With simple passes, and he's not always passed side to side. Like you said, he, he he starts the moves off. He pass it out to like Candace or more creative players like that. Yeah. And he, he's, even when we're not playing well, he's always consistent. And you, you can't fault one Sunday there. He was fantastic again as well. And for me, I'm sure you as well, you'd be one of the first players in my start Northern. Yeah, hands down. I, I cannot agree more, mate. And Middleton is. Middleton, honestly, like. What a week it's been for the, uh, him, mate. He was outstanding, mate. Like he's got a big, big future. He was another player who was making things happen, very creative, and he got himself a goal. He did, and it was almost a carbon copy of the goal against Moscow. Um, and for for such a young player, he looks so composed in the ball. He looks like he knows how to put the back of the net is, and he's got like four goals in the how many like very little appearances he's had. Yeah. Um, and like that goal, it just it always looks so creative as well. Even when he's not scoring, he's always looking to set people up, and he's just a love player. Like defenders don't have to do with him, and it looks like he's always got a point to prove, and he's always proving that point to me. He's, he's definitely one of our best players for such a young person. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like he actually reverted back to the four-five-one system. Is that what it looked like uh, to you? It looked to me we we're playing a four-five-one. To me, I think because we're basically so out of the pitch, I think it looks more of a 4 3 3 to me. Yeah. But def- definitely out of possession, it may have been a 4 5 1, but I think because we're up constantly in their half, it was more of a 4 3 3, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but honestly, like, pass marks all round. The only player I would not give pass marks to would be Katic. Uh, he should have done so much better for our, uh, the Motherwell's goal. He should have done that so much better there, but then again, I can't complain too much, but I feel as though Gerard made the right call take, taking him off at half-time. Yeah, I'd probably say so. He wasn't, like, he's been shaky his last few appearances um, for whatever reason. I've touched on the podcast a few times. Um, but no, Bringing McCauley on at half time, yeah. um, bit of experience, giving him a bit of, bit of game time. Obviously, he's not had that much, he's had a long spell out with injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, he came on at McCauley, he looked, he looked experienced, he looked like he belonged in that team. And like I was saying before the game, before he got onto it, I would definitely start him. Um, I just thought him against Motherwell, but he should definitely be looking to get a start in, maybe over Catholics, maybe over Warrell. Um, and he didn't yeah. put a foot wrong. Yeah, Warrow I thought was uh, fine as, as well, mate. Um, and Andy Halliday, a player who's, let's be honest, I th- like he's came under a lot of criticism, so he has, right? Uh, especially from me, I ripped into him after that semi-final uh, last season when we got beat 4-0 off Celtic. I ripped into him. I was like, I don't want to see him in a Rangers jersey again. Then, obviously, Gerard gave him a second chance, and I was stunned by that. I was like, why are we giving this guy a second chance? But... Fair play to Andy Hild, he's proven me wrong and right now he looks like a very solid squad player uh, in the team so he does and he had a great game on Sunday and he is he him playing left back mate, he's done a really fine job there. Yeah, he's done a really good job. Um, I think he's 
Yeah, he's, 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 well, put it this way, he's a much better alternate left back than, than Flanagan. Yeah. Um, and see, to be honest, how he's crossing, his crossing is immense. I've never, I've never noticed it before because he's always been like in a more midfield role, but his cross is absolutely brilliant and his corners always find the man mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And he, he always very comfortable left back. And obviously, Barisic, when he comes back, he's the main man there. Yep. Uh, but Halliday, parts off to him, he, he, he's been fantastic this season and at left back. I think that's where I play him more, more often because I think he looks best there. I mean, he's, he's booming with confidence right now and it's really good to see how Gerrard's managed to get the best out of him. And that's a, that's a lot. Like, Gerrard deserves a lot of credit for that. It just shows you he's able to get the best out of players. You know, exactly. so that's a great sign. Exactly. He's got that coaching ability to motivate players or whatever he's doing. It's definitely working. Yeah. And um, he's probably saw some players, i.e. Jason Hole, Greg Doctor, who think maybe... It's not right for the club at the moment. Um, it's not necessarily can't get the best out of them. Maybe they're not right at this moment. But he's so hard and thought, you know what? I can get the best out of you. You're right for me at this moment. And it's the proof is in the pudding. He's been been absolutely brilliant this season. Yeah, and see, Greg Dockett. I know you just brought him up there. Greg Dockett, right now at Shrewsbury. I think he's doing fantastic. So yeah, so the Shrewsbury fans love him and he's doing really well. Uh, from what I've uh, read, he is. He's, he's been. Well, he's been banging on the goals from that field and he's been very consistent down there he's been fantastic really um, so definitely I don't know if we'll come back in January but definitely on next season he'll be definitely based on his performances at Shrewsbury he should definitely be best out of being our starting eleven, or at least a squad player like Halliday at the moment yeah it seems up to me mate I would bring him back in uh, January I would so I always like to Greg Doherty I didn't think he, uh, he was given a real fair chance to show what he's really capable of so him going out alone at the time did surprise me but it's good to see he's taking advantage of it and he's playing well at Shrewsbury so if it was up to me I would bring him back in January you know some more options in the midfield and I think Docky is a creative uh, midfielder and I feel as though he will definitely add to our midfield and our creative options Definitely I was surprised as well when he went around alone um, I thought he'd have been one of our not key players but one of our definitely good players this season um, but I think the fact that Peña's coming back early as well I think that kind of shuts that door oh, you brought him up right Carlos yeah, Peña what do you think of him? Um, see, it was up to me. I would get rid of him. I feel as though he's a liability. He's got too many off-the-field off issues. And there's a reason why uh, the club he's at just now are sending him back to Rangers. Let's be honest, because he's not playing well there. So, I just... It was up to Gerard, but I just don't think it is the right move. I would get rid of Penna as soon as possible. He's earning a lot of money, and his ability does not justify the money he's on. So, I would get rid of him. Um, what about you? You know me, I've said it before. Obviously, his attitude, or whatever, isn't right at the moment. But I think as a player, I think, I said it countless times, I think he's definitely got a good ability. He just needs to sort his head out and stop doing whatever it is. He's obviously drinking too much or whatever it is. He needs to cut that out and say, I'm at Rangers Football Club, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I need to sort my, sort my shit out here, basically. Um, listen, eight, or was it five goals in eight appearances? You know, that that's, that's not... Bad at all. He uh, knows how to get into the right places at the right time. And on his day, like I said, he's fantastic. I remember, I think it was last season, against Aberdeen, we, we won the game, and every single chance that we created was through Pena. And then he obviously scored the two goals against St. Johnson, which was our best 
player of that game as well. So, like I said, he's definitely a good player. He just needs to sort out, sort out whatever problems he's got. And Gerard, if he can't do it, no one can. So I'm hopeful Gerard can get the best out of him, and hopefully he does. Because, like I said, if we do. He's got, we've got a great player there. See if Gerard gives him a chance, I'll be willing to give him a chance, right? It's up to the gaffer, obviously, right? He, he's, he's going to be the guy making that call. But I just don't think it is the right thing, if I'm being honest, to keep him on at Ranger. I feel as though there's too much baggage surrounding the guy. And even though it wasn't a, all that big a deal, but remember when he was signing for that uh, Mexican club in January and then he was walking into the, the stadium to sign and he had a pair of Ranger shorts and he was wiping it with his nose? Like, what was that all about? I found that. Quite disrespectful, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. It was strange. Um, he looks like a kind of wind-up merchant, didn't he? I, I, I don't know. He obviously, he has no loyalty to Rangers in terms of weight. Obviously, he's Mexican. He, he obviously doesn't support us like, personally, but I don't know what that was all about. Listen, just need to forget about that and move on. We can't let that stuff hold us back. But I would agree it was very disrespectful, but it was in the past, obviously. Gerard sorts all that out. Like I said, we've got a good player there. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens with that. So obviously me and you have uh, different opinions on that one. <laughs> uh, so we do. But uh, just going back to uh, the Rangers game there. Um, Mother was defending. My God, they were shambolic. They were. Right, fair play to them, right? They were right up. Uh, they were right in the game, right up until the sending off, right? But my God, they totally fell apart. They collapsed. They crumbled. Like, and, you know, and see the way they crumbled that is if I was a Motherwell fan I would be extremely concerned by that because it just shows you like they've got a weak mentality then if one of their players gets sent off they cannot like regroup and organise themselves to try and at least show some fight and put in a decent enough performance right but they didn't even do that they just totally crumbled and it was a complete shambles from them from the from the, uh, the second goal when the second goal went in it was a shambles from there on then it was it just it showed it almost was like it didn't care it just couldn't be bothered like you're just like oh get me out when's the final also coming and just it was far too easy for Rangers like obviously from our point of view we loved it but from a little point of view it was just like you said it was shambolic defending it just they didn't care it was very schoolboy stuff um, it was like it's like in training when you do attack against defence and the defence wasn't even there, so it was just rubbish. Um, and like, I think it was Grace's second goal, he literally just walked through the defence without even getting a tackle in and just passed the ball to the back of the net. Yeah, exactly. And they, just, they didn't even try. Like It was also obvious that they didn't care. They'd given up after 2-1 and thought, my 10 men down at Ibrox, we're losing, we're going to get this game, and they just gave up. And it's just, for a professional football club to do, that's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, I could not agree more, mate. But then again, it might be just because Rangers were that good. <laughs> you could say that, you could say that, but like I said, that gets the goal, you didn't even try it. Exactly, like, yeah, I know what I mean. And yeah, it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek there, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, as you said, the defending was schoolboy stuff, it was pathetic, it really was. And yeah, I would be extremely concerned if I was a Motherwell fan after that performance. And it's not like they've had a, a great start to the season, have they? Exactly, they're, they're ninth just now with... Uh, 11 points Hamilton are breathing down their necks um, and they're like some way off Hibs uh, so they're going to be stuck down there for the, for the season I would imagine uh-huh. and if they don't improve Hamilton could potentially overtake them then they could be brought down to that relegation battle with something in Dundee so yep. 
Yeah, I cannot agree more, mate. And obviously, um, it's not going to get any easier. They've got Aberdeen next, and Aberdeen have been in form recently. They've been grinding out results. They're obviously made the League Cup final, and they beat um, Hibs at the weekend there, which is a great result for them. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's not going to get any easier, man. It's not. And they've got they've got after the uh, international break. No, sorry, they've got Aberdeen after the international break. Then it's Livy. <laughs> Livy away. <laughs> Exactly, I don't know how that will go. It's like, obviously, we, we lost against them. Celtic in the weekend have dropped points, so that's, I can't see my little game like that. They've got a real tough run of games, mate, right? So they've got Livy, then they've got Celtic uh, at home, then they've got Hearts away, then they've got St. Johnson, who are, are flying right now. I think they've won the last five games. So they have, and they just absolutely demolished Hamilton in the weekend, so that's going to be very difficult for them. At, and I can't really see them getting much out of those games, to be honest. I'm not yeah, going to be truthful. Exactly, and it's honestly, I feel as though that result was karma after what that uh, Peter Hartley said. Uh, remember right before the free each game? Yeah, uh, yeah. And he said, oh, it's quite funny how Cardozo broke his nose. Oh, that's a bit of karma there, mate. Uh, and the team got uh, gubbed 7 1, so haha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was totally disrespectful, and that's just kind of. Is that the camera that we needed? Exactly, mate. So, overall, what a way to respond after that um, really sore defeat to Spartak Moscow. Uh, honestly, I could not ask any more. 7-1, played tremendous stuff. It was a great result overall, right before the international break. That was a kind of result we needed to galvanise the fans again and lift the spirits up. 100%. It's put on the exact same goal difference as, as Celtic now, so... I mean, exactly. It sets up perfectly to come back from international break. We go away now, we, we recharge our batteries and we kick on from this. Exactly. And see the fact, mate, that obviously Celtic drop points and Hearts drop points and Hibs drop points. I was like, OK, right, we need to pounce on this. We need to take advantage of this and be done just that, mate, in very convincing fashion. So that was a big one for us, mate. If we drop points there would have been uproar from the fans and the players knew that and Steven Gerrard female knew that as well he probably drilled that right into the players right teams around us have dropped points let's take advantage exactly and we didn't look panicked about it we just went about our business very professionally bounced against Motherwell and we they, like obviously Gerrard gave the church if the players a challenge listen Celtic Hearts um, they've all dropped points you go out there and show why we're, we're, what we're made of, show why we should be up there at the end of the season and have done that. I think that's probably the biggest, the most game, the most uh, goals a team have scored this season in a single game. Yeah. Um, and we, we definitely have to that challenge and beyond. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I read a, a stat at the weekend, do you remember the last time Rangers battered Mullerwell that badly? Like, it, like that, that was Rangers' biggest ever result against Mullerwell since 1910. 1910, geez, oh. Yep. That shows the magnitude of it. 1910, mate. So, uh, it was a big deal, mate. And uh, overall, what a performance and result it was for Rangers. So, we're going to start the phone-in now. And we're going to go to our first ever caller in Scott Scott phone-in. Declan Downey. Declan, my man, how are we? I'm alright, mate. How's yourself? I'm very well, mate. Very well. So, how's it feel, bro? You're the first ever caller in the Scott Scott phone-in. Well, I feel, feel very privileged and it's a 
it's a warm welcome my father and I'm really glad you've got me on it, especially on the 50th episode of Scott Scorn. Big congratulations to you and your, your team. Oh, thank you very much, mate. I uh, really do appreciate that. So, uh, what's uh, you got a question, a point you want to make? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite a big question. And I know both of you don't like this one. Um, so, the question to the panel is Do you and your team think that Stephen Gerrard has performed well as manager at Rangers Football Club? Um, yes, I do, mate. I feel as though he's done a good job so far. Uh, he's definitely improved the team. Um, obviously, there's going to be some bumps along the way, but so far, I think he's done a, a good job, mate. Like, for example, um, Rangers back in Europe, first time in seven years. Nobody's seen that one coming, Matt. Like, Matt, you've never seen that coming either. Like, no one did. Like, that was a bonus. The fact that Rangers made the Europa League group stage and the fact that we've got a fantastic chance of getting out of the group is phenomenal. And domestically, it, it was, it's been a quite a tough start, right? It's not been ideal in the league. It's not been a great start in the league. But then again, uh, we've won the last five out of six games. We're, doing, we're playing some terrific stuff. And obviously, we thumped Motherwell 7-1 at the weekend. So... Yeah, I feel as though things are going along quite nicely and everyone's forgetting, right? Gerard's a rookie manager. He's going to make mistakes, right? So, yeah, and it's a new team that he's built. So it's not going to be an overnight fix. We, have, we need to have patience with Steven Gerrard. We need to give him time and yeah. he needs to get time and he will be given it. And But right now, I think he's done a good job and I feel as though we're only going to get better as the season goes on. And Matt, are you in the same opinion as me? Yeah, I say so, obviously... Touching on the Europa League stuff, I thought we'd get to maybe the playoff round the best. Um, but obviously, like you said, he's one of the qualification. Like, even to do that, if we were, for example, if we were to get to Europe every season anyway, even to qualify, he'd give us to still be a massive thing anyway. So the fact he's one of the guys doing that is remarkable. Um, domestically, it's been a bit of a stop start season uh, for various reasons, but I think he's got us playing good football. Um, he's Two points by Celtic, yeah. Two points behind Celtic, exactly. Giving hand over hearts, um, so we can potentially go above them into second, and we'd have to say from there on it'd be a too hard face with Rangers and Celtic. But he's brought in players who fit our mentality of our club, who want to play with the badge and play good, attractive football. And I have to say, like you say, he's a manager, he's going to make mistakes tactically, um, but on the touchline, you look over at him, you're going to be inspired that Stephen Gerrard is standing there. Demanding you do this, you do that. You're going to get inspired by that, and he's a superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar. Yeah. I think it's been an amazing appointment by the board, and I think he's going to be a fantastic manager for us. And so far, his start domestically hasn't been great, but I think we can kick on now from that seven-one. Yeah, and obviously um, the Liverpool result was a sore one, the Celtic one was a sore one, but the, the Celtic one was just due to the fact that Gerrard got his team selection and tactics horribly wrong, right? Uh, so I would give him a bypass on that one um, the Livy one that was yeah unacceptable Gerard even came out and said that the Aberdeen one I would say was the worst out of all three that was a real like so one to take that was a real bad one um, but I feel as though ever since that result mate the Rangers players have kicked on and we've shown great character so we have and Gerard surrounded himself with uh, all the right personnel the right coaching staff like Gary McAllister etc and that was a great start and you can see the rewards uh, from that you know yeah but I definitely it was uh, are you in the same uh, opinion as us do you, do you think Stephen Gerrard will do well and do you think he's doing a good job just now 
Ah, yeah, de- definitely. I mean, like all all managers start off with a, a rocky road and um, just natural, uh, especially in the coaching process and the managerial process. Um, but yeah, de- definitely agree, and I wish him all the best that he's like future at Rangers Football Club. Well, of course, bro. So, um, I Declan, is there anything else you want to say, or is, uh, is that all? Yeah, yeah, no, that's me, mate. I don't worry, bud. So, um, obviously, I appreciate you phoning in, uh, big man. And uh, obviously, you got a podcast yourself, uh, DCCO Let's Bounce. Uh, where can people yeah. uh, find to find your podcast and listen to it? And uh, you've done one episode so far, and you've got uh, the second one coming out in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, look, looking to start it uh, in the next couple of days, just try to get it in the works, just try to get all the new mashups and stuff and new songs put together. Uh, I'm waiting for it. Ah, uh, good stuff, man, good stuff. So, Declan, I really appreciate you phoning in, big man. Uh, take uh, it, and so God. take care, big man, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Alright, uh, no worries, man. Take care. See you later. Aye, big Declan down there is some boy. So he is, man. We've got uh, another caller uh, quite soon, actually. Big Joe Gallagher. We'll, get, we'll phone him quite soon. But uh, we'll move on. We'll get uh, just now. And we'll talk about uh, the Celtic game from the weekend there. Uh, obviously, Celtic drew 0-0 with Livingston. Matt, what did you make of that? Then that was... Uh, Okay, it wasn't a great performance from Celtic, but credit with it's true about Livy, they defended really, really well and Liam Telly had a fantastic game. He did, the former Rangers goalie. Um, um, obviously, I think Celtic didn't play badly at all, I don't think. Um, I just think Anderson played exceptional. Um, Liam Kelly in goals, made save after save after save. And I think Rodgers said it best, that the fact that they have by the match as a goalkeeper, says it all really, they were fantastic defend- defensively. And like I said, Celtic weren't bad at all, but Livingston, we all know about their home form, how good they are at home, and they were so tight and resolute, and credit where credit's due, they were absolutely, Celtic couldn't break them down, and Livingston, you know, were fantastic, isn't it? I, I just can't. Say much more than that. Apart from that, Livingston were absolutely fantastic. Well, they were. They really were. And I, I've seen a few people in the media, like Keith Jackson, for example, say basically blaming it on the pitch, right? But even Rangers lost to Livingston. I didn't see Keith Jackson uh, mentioning the pitch at all in his article. We didn't even bring up the pitch. But the fact Celtic dropped points to Livingston, he brought up the pitch. So I know. Yeah, I can't have it both ways. But the pitch. I don't think the pitch. For once, played much part in this. I just thought that Livingston were fantastic, and Liam Kelly especially. As we talked about him getting a Scotland call up, and I think based on that, you would be hard to disagree. Mm, yeah, but that's the thing, right? That pitch is a disgrace, right? We're all in agreement about that, right? The pitch is an utter disgrace. It is not fit for the top flight whatsoever, right? It's abysmal, right? But the thing is, though, it's in the top flight. So, <laughs> like, it is what it is, right? We all hate it, but it's there, so... Yeah, but for Celtic fans and certain people in the media to blame it on the pitch is ridiculous. We never blamed it on the pitch when we got beat 1-0 off Livingston. We said, yes, the pitch is a disgrace, but we lost that game because we were poor in the day, right? 11 other teams need to play in that pitch. So if people are going to use the excuse of the pitch or the pitch is a disgrace, then that's just a really poor excuse and it's just a weak one, if I'm being honest. Yes, no matter... If it's grass or if it's artificial, whatever it is, if you're a good team, right, and on your day, you, you, you're going to win, right? Simple as that, the pitch shouldn't come into a factor. 
And the fact of the matter was, Celtic weren't good enough. Like I said, they were good, but they weren't good enough. And that's down to you can't blame the pitch for that. You can't blame the pitch for the chances they had because they should have scored a lot of the chances, apart from they had a very good goalkeeper. So the pitch, as much as it's a disgrace, you can't put that down to losing or drawing or whatever. It's still down to your performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, mate. So we're going to go to our second caller, who is a Celtic fan, and I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a wee while now, but he's finally manned up and he's came on. <laughs> it's uh, Joe Gallagher. So Joe, welcome to the Scott Scott Podcast. Thanks for having me. Aye, uh, so Joe, obviously, oh, of course, big man. It's the uh, 50th episode. It's a big deal. So obviously, we're talking about Celtic, and you're a big Celtic man. What did you make of the game at the weekend, there? Uh, it was quite underwhelming, especially given how well we performed on Thursday. And the weeks previously, I really, I thought there was a, a new verb about us that I've not seen um, probably for about, probably since Roger's first season, to be honest with you. We've really uh, struggled to find the heights again, but yeah. I think if you, the team are playing in so, on song, but I think um, Livingston kind of just putting about ten, nine, ten men behind the ball, and I think that just, it disrupted us quite a lot. Yeah. And as well as that, the pitch doesn't help, but you need to take into account the boy Kelly and goals, he had an absolute blinder. I was just um, saying that. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of surprised he wasn't in the mention for the Scotland squad, to be honest with you. They chose that John McLaughlin over him. Yeah. Um, I think a young keeper like him would thrive under Gordon and McGregor, who've got about 100 caps between them ahead of him. So yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Uh, so, obviously, we're just talking about Levy uh, defensively. They're a real tricky team to play against, mate. They're really solid. They're so well organised. So, they are. They really are. Um, I think that's the thing. These teams be absolutely tough pitches. I mean, you look at how Marquis, they've had that, and they don't really turn it to their advantage. You don't really, teams still go there and don't have too much problems, but I think Livy know that teams like us are going to find it hard to play um, with the ball on, on the deck. Yeah. So, um, they usually, they really turn it to their advantage. Kelly have just recently started doing it under Steve Clark, but that's what you really need to do. And, They'll be fine this year. They'll be absolutely fine. They're, not, they're definitely not going anywhere. Yeah, they've been the surprise package of the SPFL this season. I think everybody said when they got promoted, right, they're going straight back down. But my God, ever since Miller uh, got the sack and they brought in uh, Holt, they've done tremendously well, so they have. Aye, no, I definitely agree with that one. Aye, what did you make of that incident with, Me- um, what's his name, uh, Menga? Right, he should have been sent off, clearly. And uh, fair play to Big Christie, man. He didn't go down. He, could, he should have went down, but he never... seeing the modern game nowadays mate it is what it is you know like you can't get away with that kind of stuff you know but it's just the way the games went Us. So, mm-hmm. to get a point is, is a great achievement. 
Yeah, no, I see where, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from because I was saying to some of my pals for Celtic fans, like, they were saying, oh, we want this comfortable. I'm like, yeah, mate, trust me, like, we played against them and it was brutal, you know, and uh, it's just that pitch, mate. It, honestly, you shouldn't be allowed in the top flight, but sadly it is and we need to deal with it, you know. 11 other teams need to play in that pitch and see if people are, like, using that as an excuse why Celtic didn't get a result. I find that ridiculous. It's very weak-minded. That's what I was saying to Matt before you came on there. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's... Um... The bottom line is, I think it's a it's a quarter of the pitches into, or just under a quarter that yeah. that use as just pitches. So, unfortunately, you're just going to need to become accustomed to playing there because it's not changing anytime soon. I don't think that if it was up to me, I'd have everybody on grass. Um, but it's just one of the things we need to deal with. And they are wage bill, they're wage bill dwarfs ours, so uh-huh. there's really no excuse. We should be able to break teams in regardless of how we're playing. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, mate. So. The main points about the Scotland national team, uh, so it was. Um, I was just kind of wanting to get your opinion on it. It was um, obviously there was a clamber after the World Cup qualifiers to get rid of starting. Um, uh-huh. But when I watched Scotland, I actually think they've regressed since then. And um, I don't know if it's the standard of the squad as such, or it might be coming for the manager. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not really to argue whether or not starting could have done a better job because it's kind of not void now, but. Do you really think that McLeish could take you somewhere? Because I was cynical for the start of the appointment and um, I've not really seen much to change my opinion. And especially given the next two games against Israel and Albania, Scotland should really win them both. But uh-huh. I think that if he, did, if he was to win both of them, that or maybe less than three points for the two games, and I could see large swings in the sports actually turning on him this early. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more because I actually said uh, a couple weeks ago in the podcast if we don't win the next two games, mate, you'll need to go. Like, see, when we first appointed him, I was all for it. I was like, right, this is a sensible appointment. It's a safe pair of hands. That's what I was thinking. But my God, mate, it's been a, a shocking start for him. So it has. It's been really, really poor. And he just looks out of touch, if I'm being honest. He does. Like, some of his decisions, his tactical decisions, his team selection, it's baffling. The problem is as well, see where Alex McLeish side, one thing you can't deny, they've always had, they always have that bounce, I mean I think the Rangers, they went on a run with 20 games and some like 17 wins and three defeats and a, two defeats and a loss in his first 20 and then some are kind of hanging happy, Motherwell and Hibs, he got a bounce at the start but uh-huh. he's not even had any impact since he came in which makes me wonder if there is going to be one. Um, yeah, like the media are definitely against them, the fans are against them. You know, and the only people that's really behind him right now, mate, are like his colleagues, like like ex-managers, current managers, etc. And I really want him to do well, mate. Like, I like him a lot, obviously, and he's had a great career as a manager. But right now, mate, the alarm bells are going off, man, and I'm really concerned. And the next two games are massive, mate. And also, 11 players have pulled out. I think that's right, yeah, 11 players have pulled out the Scotland team. So it seems like the players don't even want to play for him. I think the problem is there's no really a there's no really a leader in that squad that's kind of I mean say what you want about Brown obviously he's kind of people can kind of argue about his ability as a player or no but he kind of he was somebody for somebody to look to on the pitch and stuff like that mm-hmm. I think without him there's no really a, a leader for them to kind of I just don't think there's any appeal really with Scotland I mean who's who is it as a captain I can even tell you Andy Robertson I will Robertson given that he is a, a fantastic player but I mean would you want him in the trenches besides you when back to the wall do you know what I mean it's, uh-huh. you need that kind of nitty gritty like, players like Presley over the years and stuff like that yeah, good players, but mm-hmm. that's what you kind of need that's why I'm surprised that 
I mean, I thought maybe McGregor or something at least would have been that. Do you know what I mean? He's um, he's a winner. Exactly. Um, and Robertson's a young guy. I think he's like 23, 24 or something like that. Pardon me. Yeah. And you want those kind of players who are like hard as nails, who will just tell you how it is and take no nonsense. Like proper winners. Like, as you said about mm-hmm. McGregor, Brown. You know, so I, I, I was quite surprised as well when Robertson was given the armband. And you like... It's even Robert's trying to bark orders like people like Alan McGregor or like whoever they'd be like what's this guy talking to you know so uh, no, exactly even Christoph Berra I mean I'm not saying he's the best centre back in that squad by any stretch of the imagination but he's a leader mm-hmm. and maybe that we just need to sacrifice having maybe not a, a player with as good ability but he's a leader and have someone that's got a bit of command about them because I, I just think that Scotland team looks Weak. Passive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks weak. It doesn't look inspiring at all, but this is the main issue, right? If we do get Adam McLeish right, who do we get in? Like, I don't even think Steve Clark will touch that. Like, he's got a good wee thing going with Kelly right now, and I think he wants to stay in club football, so I can't see Steve Clark going for it. No, might see Kenny Miller going for player manager. Who are you surprised with this, right, man? No, um, I think to be honest, Clark's made sure I see a point in bit. I think he's quite cosy, come on, I think he's kind of. Waiting to see it. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to tempt Rogers in the next year or two anyway. <laughs> I know he's obviously signed a contract, but I could see I think him and Neil Lennon are kind of maybe holding it for something like that or an appointment of some sort. But I mean, Clark's doing the um, Kelly's reputation. What mm-hmm. Kelly now? Yeah, and McKinnis, like, see them looking at the managers out there, there's no one really out there's like McKinnis, but that would not be like a really inspiring appointment, would it be? So no, I don't think so. The problem is, and I'll I don't know what he's doing with the formation half the time. I mean, it was playing some weird five-three-two at one point. Yeah, it was like a three-five-two um, Tierney at centre half. Like, obviously, you're a big Celtic man, uh, right? Kieran Tierney's not a centre half. <laughs> he's not. No. Yeah, and he's playing no, he playing Tierney at centre half. It's like baffling. Aye, uh, you could see as well. I mean, there, there was quite a lot of positional confusion between him. Obviously, we're playing Belgium, um, so they're going to be anyway, but. Him and Tierney were kind of, with Tierney playing the left hand side behind, beside Robertson, I just don't think it worked at all. I think they were kind of caught up in um, big problems, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how it folds out. I'm not really hopeful uh, Scotland doing it against Albania, actually. I think they're quite a decent side. Um, they're certainly so. higher up in the rankings than us. Yeah. Right, you see, when uh, we beat them uh, a couple months ago, right? I feel as though it wasn't down to us playing well. I just felt it was Albania, we're just like. I- Really poor on the day, and I'm not, they don't really convince me at all, mate. But my god, these next two games are like so so massive. And obviously, um, we're obviously talking about the cliche, right? Do you know how bad it's getting? Some people are actually saying that we should have kept striking, <laughs> that's how bad we're doing just now. Uh, I, d- I don't know, I, see, honestly, how can, can we really have done any better than starting at that time? I mean, they got to the point was Malky McKay took. He's in an admin role basically, but he ended up taking the team for That's a few right. games because they were clear. The thing is, everything you were was a dead man walking. There should have been something in place to try and get a, a coach in, yeah, or some sort or somebody in the kind of in the pipeline. But uh-huh. it just seems that the SFA just kind of it's horses for courses. Just wait and see what happens, and then they'll kind of rush to some panic decision and then end up and even merrier than we were before. But yeah, um, it's just frustrating, to be honest. Yeah, it's waiting. 
it's to get Saki and Strachan at the time was the right decision. They had three campaigns and they failed in all three. The first one, yeah, he took, ha- took over halfway through. But the second, the last two, no excuses at all, right? No excuses, especially for the last one. Like, we had a great chance getting out of that and then typical Scotland, we bottle it. <laughs> so, I know, exactly. Uh, it's not Honest. looking great, mate. And uh, if we don't win the next two games, that's bye-bye McLeish for me, if I'm being honest. It pains me to say that because I like him, but need to be re- realistic and honest about it. It's just, I mean, I was surprised. You could, he was kind of showing up on uh, on Sky Sports quite a lot, just advertising for a job. I think he took any job in Scotland. I think he's um, uh-huh. he was quite surprised to get the Scotland role. Um, I mean, Rangers knocked him back to keep on Graham Murray. Aye. So I that, that just kind of shows you. Obviously, there's people that are that know him in the football. I, I think him and Ali made a, a really unsuccessful stint at Genk, if I'm not mistaken, and then he did a similar thing at some Egyptian team. Uh-huh. I think he's just I think he's caught up in the kind of one of these managers that are caught in the kind of early 2000s still for style of play and stuff like that yeah um, I just I don't think he's going to change now nah and it, as we were saying we don't think the players are playing for him and he just seems like one of those managers who is out of touch and more that he just can't keep up to date with the modern game oh exactly and I mean John McGinn dropping it was a, a shock because he's absolutely flying in it um, yeah. And surely you'd want to go and play for your country if that was the kind of the kind of way you were playing. Uh-huh. So it is quite it's really quite concerning actually that he, he dropped out. All things considered. Yeah, exactly. And you've seen guys like Ryan Jack dropping out, and we've seen James McCarthy retired. And as soon as McLeish got that appointment, Scott Brown retired right away. Then there's this thing going on with Lee Griffiths. It's it's, it's a shambles to say the least, mate. It really is. So I know. he's not doing any favours. Selecting Stephen Fletcher, but either. Oh, I know that was that was mind-boggling. He said Stephen Fletcher's a prolific striker and all this nonsense. Like, what? What's this guy on? Fuck's sake! <laughs> like, honest to God, man, it's like it's getting so hard to defend them now. <laughs> it really is. Oh, no. I know. Anyhow, Scott, I'll need to boost. No worries, my man. Having his own. Aye, no problem uh, at all, mate. Hopefully, you're for you in the not too distant future. Oh, definitely, my man. Uh, so I uh, take care, big man. There, uh, and we'll speak soon. See you later. Uh, so that was it, Joe Gallagher there. Uh, that would be your last caller for tonight. Uh, Matt, you still there, big man? <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, it's, uh, I enjoyed that there, enjoyed that. So we'll get back on track, uh, obviously. So we'll talk about, um, obviously we just covered the Celtic game there. There wasn't really a lot to really dissect. Um, Joe uh, came on there, big Celtic man, so obviously he gave his input. So we'll, uh, we'll move on, we'll talk about... Uh, Aberdeen and Hibs from the weekend then we'll move on and talk about the, the big interview that occurred this week with Josh Windass that he done with the open goal with Stai Ferry very controversial very interesting we'll get into that soon but Matt what did you make of um, the Aberdeen game Aberdeen beat Hibs 1-0 and it's that's four defeats in a row for uh, Hibs uh, they've only scored two goals in the last four games quite alarming right but Aberdeen they're grinding out results mate and they're flying they are um Obviously, Hibs, they've been known for their, their free-scoring abilities and their wonderful football, but it's just not happening at the moment for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if Coingate had something to do with that, but it was kind of going on before that anyway. But to touch on Aberdeen, um, we've we've openly criticised them on, on this podcast many a times, but like we said, they're grinding at results. Um, they might be the prettiest to watch at times, or they're not blowing teams away, but... They just got that wee touch of magic and they get a goal. Like Gary McKay Steven, like he's definitely probably their best player I would say. And that that goal was magnificent for him, showed why 
he should be considered one of the best players in Scotland. I wouldn't say there is there yet to show the consistently. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I, I would even much better than Hibs. Well, it was only at the one goal, but end of the day, three points to three points, and Hibs they've slid all the way down to eighth um, mm-hmm. in the bottom half, and it's just I don't know where they're going to go. Like from here, like obviously they start getting results, but playing like that, they're, they're not going to get results. <coughs> yeah, exactly. So. I mean, I'm just like that's what that's what that's what I was saying, right? See, overall with Hibs, right? Defensively, they've been looking really poor recently, and especially for Aberdeen's goal, a very mistimed pass. I think it might have been from Porteous. Yeah. I think it might have been from Porteous. But my God, that was so really poor. It was a really poor pass. Louis Stevenson cannot get to the ball quick enough. Then Mackay Stevens uh, really pounced, and that it was a terrific finish from. So it was. It was, and then obviously he's. Uh, uh, missed pace of class and then obviously I can't see him run at him but he showed him he showed him the wrong way he should have showed him the other way but he showed him there's the goal and obviously Gary is like thank you Gary McKay's like thank you very much back in the night and it was just from the past to the terrible defending um, he, he, he can't defend that like he can't defend how like if you, know, if you, can't, listen, you can't defend how that defending um, and it's just it's just it was poor from them and like you said as much as I've, I've seen how much of a good goal it was from the Kyle Stephen uh, I have got themselves to blame for that mm, yeah I couldn't agree more mate and Lewis Ferguson has to be said about Aberdeen he's had a terrific uh, start to the season he's uh, looking like he's got a big future ahead of him he does and obviously they got him from uh, Hamilton um, during the summer and obviously he scored against Rangers and he's from midfield he's been a big influence for Aberdeen and I think he'll be uh, uh, he is a big player for them already but I think he'll be a star player for them in the seasons to come and he's really been from a pretty dull season from Aberdeen obviously they've got the cup final but they respect him a bit more in terms of the league he's been one of their kind of happy moments of the season if you will yeah and uh, that's what I'm meaning mate obviously Aberdeen they look look very well organised just now you know and that's the thing they're not playing great stuff right they're not but it doesn't matter they're grinding out results they look very well organised and credit where it's due I've always rated McInnes as a manager I always have right and there was a lot of pressure on him uh, this season Right, because they didn't make a great start domestically, right? And uh, obviously, JJ, who you spoke in this podcast, was saying a few weeks ago, McInnes out. Then Aberdeen beat Rangers in the same. And he's like, oh, McInnes needs to stay. Like, so fickle. So, so fickle. Like, we said as well in the podcast a few weeks ago, be careful what you wish for. You get rid of McInnes, who are you going to get in now? Just remember the dark days before McInnes came in. Aberdeen were not even making the top six. Now look at them. Last, uh, like, ever since McInnes came in, Every season they finished uh, in the top three at least. They're in a league cup final. Like honestly, what more do Aberdeen fans want? Like, be careful what you wish for, and don't think you're bigger than what you are. You know. Exactly, and McKenna's showed, like you say, showed his major credentials, and he's got right into this team. He's he's managed to find the win formula again, and they like on course to obviously get their top six finish um, or top four. Um, they should be really aiming for. I still don't think they have enough to get the top uh, for me. I, I just don't think they do, but they're definitely 100% getting top six. I think the top four will be, obviously, um, right, Rangers and Celtic. I don't want to say who. Right? Rangers are Celtic, right? And the, t- the top, Rangers Celtic, top two, definitely. And then I think it'll be Hearts, then Hibs. I think Hearts, when they get players coming back, they can really kick on. But my God, right? I think it's a good, nice wee segue. Hearts, right now, 
that is a team who have had some real bad luck. The bubbles burst, right? But it's not real a real fault of their own. Missing some key players. Stephen A. Smith, we said as well a few weeks ago, when he got hurt, right, where are the goals going to come from? Hearts haven't scored, I think, in the last three or four games. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, don't see where the goals are going to come from, Matt. I really don't. I don't. McLean's not the answer. Ike Piazza, been, he's not a goal scorer. Um, and two weeks second, Scott. Uh, no worries, bud. But... Sorry about that, guys. It was a wee technical difficulty there. <laughs> so, uh, continue, Matt. When we're talking about, uh, obviously, Hearts, Steve McLean, he's not the answer. And Hearts are really struggling to create and... Get goals, especially in that final for me. It's not looking good. It's, it's not looking good at all. Obviously, like I've seen, McLean's at the answer. Piers is not a goal scorer, and he can get goals from somewhere. Um, but at the end of the day, right, the has burst. But let's not forget, they're still second on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, we've got a game in hand, which we should and, and be above them. Um, but at the end of the day, that was still losing third. Yep. And it's not all doom and gloom. They can maybe get someone in, in January or find someone from somewhere. Can maybe provide a few goals for them. Um, they should be alright, but at the moment, they need to find something because the way it's going, they're just going to keep losing or keep dropping points. And if they want to be in the top four, they need to find it from somewhere. Yeah, I don't think Naismith is back, mate, until the I think it's the end of the de- like the end of December. Though. That's when he's back. So it's a big blow for Hearts, mate, because he's been killing it this season. He's been doing tremendous so he has he's proved me wrong <laughs> so and he's scoring goals he was scoring goals for fun and he was Hart's biggest threat in that final third and when he got hurt in that semi-final against Celtic that was it it's just it's just been a downward spiral uh, since that day probably it has been and it was a shame because they were flying and people were talking about Hart's being potential title winners which we all know realistically wouldn't happen but they had that talk about them they had that confidence and suddenly one thing and it's just all fell apart from them but like I said it's not all doing club they're still second in the table let's not forget yep. and if they can if they can find if they can find something hopefully their season will still be alright um, but it's, at the moment if they, if they don't find that someone it's going to be a difficult second half of the season yeah exactly mate but uh, Kilmarnock, uh, they've done really well at the weekend, also getting a good result at Tynecastle. Even though, as we said, Hearts missing key players, but still going to Tynecastle is a tough place. And Kilmarnock grinded out that result, obviously. And Kelly, what more can be said? We're talking about it when Joe was on about Steve Clark. He's got a good wee thing going on, going on at uh, Kilmarnock right now, doing tremendously well. And full credit with Stuart, mate. They're going to make the top six this season again. Yeah, I think as you mentioned Tim's earlier on being top four. I think Kamarnock, I think the top four is as it is just now, Celtic uh, Hearts Rangers, Kamarnock, not in that order, but I think Kamarnock will get top four, honestly. Um, they keep getting results after result after result. And Hearts were probably the better team um, at the weekend. But Kamarnock got their goal. Um, and Ross Mellon on his first start for Kamarnock uh, got that winning goal. And you could tell by celebration how much that meant to him. Yep. Um, hopefully for the, for the young lad, um, it'll get more starts for Kamarnock and make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kamarnock did get seven wins, three draws, three losses for a team who a couple of seasons ago were fighting relegation to now being in top four and got a manager like Steve Clark in charge of them. It, it, it was fantastic for Kelly. And the performance against Hearts like I said they weren't great Hearts were the much better team but the fact they won that 
absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Uh, see Steve Clark, we've, we always give him praise on the podcast pretty much every week, right? But he is a phenomenal coach. Like, I cannot emphasise enough how good of a coach this guy is, right? See, one of the main fundamentals of being a coach, right, is are you able to get the best out of a footballer? Steve Clark can do that. Prime example, Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd is a prime example of that, right? When he left Rangers in 2015, went back to Kelly, wasn't really doing all that much, he was struggling to get double digits, right? As soon as Steve Clark comes in, gets the best out of Chris Boyd. Gets the best out of him, and Chris Boyd, last season, was phenomenal. He was outstanding. Would I be going a bit far and saying I thought he was the best striker in Scotland last season? Just due to the just due to the amount of goals he scored and how prolific he was. Well, it was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, people will argue Dembele or Edward or whatever, um, but just because they're big names and that, and they're like playing for Celtic and that. But no, I don't think that. I think that's a very reasonable statement to make. I think Boyd was absolutely fantastic last season. He was the most consistent, in my opinion, mate. Scored goals. Uh, I think he scored against Celtic last season. I don't know. In fact, I don't think he did. Right, but. Because he was scoring against Rangers for fun. <laughs> and he was scoring week in, week out. He was so prolific. And Steve Clark deserves a lot of credit for getting the best out of Boydie. And I think Boydie can still do a job. Definitely. I know he's, he's this season been struggling to get in the Kelly team. Not because he's been playing poor. It's just because the players ahead of him are playing a lot better. And that's a good sign. Because you've got guys like Greg Stewart who couldn't really cut at Aberdeen. He's had a terrific start to the season. He has. And he's been... One of the best players in the league. Um, him and Brophy have formed a fantastic uh, partnership up there. And like you said, Boyd, like last season, with his best goal scoring season, and we all know what he, he's done. He's like the SPL's top goal scorer. And the fact that at this age, uh, at this point in his career, he's still banging in the goals. And that, like you said, that goes down to Steve Clark and Greg Stewart, like you said as well, struggling like in last season with Aberdeen. We all know he's a bit light, right? At Dundee, he was fantastic. Got his move to Birmingham. Didn't quite work out down south, so he's came back up to Aberdeen, failed, and thought, oh no, where's his career going to go from here? What's going to happen? Clarks took him in, put trust in him, put faith in him, and he's reaping the awards. And it's just fantastic to see a, a club who, well, not the biggest club in the world, but it's good to see them having top class players doing fantastically well. And he's got a shoe string budget. As well, a shoestring budget. He's got literally barely any money to work with. Peanuts to work with compared to other clubs, and the guys did a tremendous job. So exactly. So we'll move on, uh, and obviously I've been chomping at the bit to speak about <laughs> this, right? Josh Windass done an interview with Open Goal, right? With Cy Ferry and credit Cy Ferry. I think he's really good at these interviews. He gets the players to relax, be themselves, and the players are just talking to the like. It's like. He's taught like the players are talking to like a pal, and Southberry's really good at that. So he gets the best out of the people that he interviews, right? And he's certainly got the best out of Josh Windass here, right? So Matt, you obviously watched the the interview um, with Josh Windass. Um, before you answer, I'm going to sum that interview up in one word: delusional. Um, do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was happy to agree with that. Just. Windass, just, that interview basically shows why he's not a Rangers. Yep. Exactly. Yep. exactly. Uh, as you know me, I was never a fan of Josh Windass. I would go on ridiculous rants about him last season in the podcast. Uh, but my God, he came across as so cocky, arrogant, delusional. It was 
the guy honestly did not have the mentality to play for Rangers Football Club whatsoever. Um, the fact that he said that he was, I'm just quoting right, that he was pissed off that Rangers accepted a 2.5 million bid for him from Wigan. Mate, come on, really, we were lucky to get that for you. We were so lucky to get 2.5 million for Josh Windass, Matt. Like, I would have snapped your arm off for that. I would have snapped your arm off for 1 million for Windass. Like, how we got 2.5 million for Josh Windass? Josh Windass is unbelievable. It's, honestly, we're all right. If we're being honest, right, there's a, I mean, he's a fantastic player, but he doesn't listen a lot of the time. Um, he's not consistent enough, and he doesn't have the right attitude to be at Rangers or for a lot of clubs that matter, for that matter but the fact we've got 2.5 million for them which you know still a decent sum um, of money uh, for us to receive a decent mate that's fantastic honestly <laughs> I think that's phenomenal right we signed one that's on a free then we pro- like made a profit on him somehow 2.5 million fantastic <laughs> is that um, it was never it was obviously it was He's saying, obviously, that, oh, Jared, I really wanted to stay and all that. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It didn't, and, like, Jared was, like, happy with the 2.5 million. He's like, there you go, 2.5 million. You're not on my plans. See you later. <laughs> and the fact that they paid 2.5 million for him, right, and he's not even doing well at Wigan. He's not... Fancy him. Yeah, the fancy him. Uh, just look at uh, Twitter. <laughs> just type in Josh Windass uh, at 5 o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> and you'll see the fans go after him that. But, yeah, as you were saying, uh, he was basically saying, oh, Gerard really wanted to keep him. If Gerard really wanted to keep you, it wouldn't be like no hard feelings. Gerard told him, I, Wigan have came in, I would like you to stay, but do you want to go talk to him? Uh, and then he said, yeah, I'll go talk to him. And Gerard went, okay, no hard, no hard feelings. See if I really wanted to keep someone, right? And if Gerard really wanted to keep someone, you'd be doing everything in your power to make them stay at the club. You'd be trying to convince them to stay. Gerard didn't even seem asked. He just went, no hard feelings, mate, that's it, bye-bye. He said a lot. I highly recommend. Uh, I highly recommend that interview to anybody. I would recommend you all check it out because it was a very fascinating watch. Like it was very interesting, and it just shows you like how immature he is, right? And how terrible the the mentality was of some of the Rangers players uh, last season. And he said something about coaches, but he said that he's never listened to coaches his whole life. Oh, oh, I would never have guessed. I know it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, if you want to be the best player you can, you can listen to the coaches. I think the one part is um, from a coach who'd never kicked the ball in his life or whatever, and you're not good enough. And you're thinking, but I'm not good enough. I'm a footballer. You're, you're the coach. What do you know? And all that. I mean, that just says it all. Like, you're going to listen to your coaches. If you listen to your coaches, you, be, you will become the best player you possibly can. And coaches can make a big player's career yeah. if you listen to what they do. Yeah. And it just comes across as me like, this is like, 
just because I spent great in support of our team, mate. He just likes playing football and he's like a wee boy in the park playing football. Yeah. No, because that's your professional career. You need to listen to people who know best for you. And if you're not going to do that, you're not going to achieve much. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I hate this whole uh, notion of you've never played football, so you don't know what you're talking about. Like, look at look at some of the great managers like Jose Mourinho, and he never played football he never he didn't play at a high level like he wouldn't he didn't play at a level that Josh Windass would see as credible right look how well he's done his career look how great of a manager he is well maybe not so much anymore but, uh, no but honestly I was going to say no what Jose Mourinho is one of the best managers to ever grace the game of football right he didn't play at a high level he played at juniors right so he with Windass was like oh you've never kicked a ball in your life you're not credible your opinion is not credible enough to me I think that is utterly ridiculous and it? it's such a weak and pathetic thing to say you know is and it, there's so many examples of coaches who are world class and never really kicked a ball. Look at like Klopp, for example. Yep. He never really played football. He did, but he wasn't great. Um, Wenger as well, like you said, Mourinho. And it's just that's not. That's just a silly boy saying that. Like you said, it's just not a. What can you say? You need to listen to your coaches, and the fact he's saying that it just shows he doesn't like he is so self-centered. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's so so arrogant, right? I'm quite arrogant, right? But my God, man, he's like one of the most arrogant people I've ever came across, <laughs> man. But yeah, he said all that as well, right? Um, he said he was proud of his performance against Celtic in the five-one game at Parkhead. How can any footballer, like any Rangers player for that matter, be proud of his performance after getting gubbed five-one against Celtic? How can anybody be proud of that? I don't know. Like, to be fair, he had an alright game. Like, he was the best at a bad bunch, but when you're coming out <laughs> five-one, get your bitter rivals, being absolutely gubbed at your side, and come out and see, I think I played quite well. That's the wrong mentality. You need to be thinking about the team. You're thinking, oh, the team, we're poor. We need to analyse what we were doing wrong and come back next time a lot better team. Being just thinking, I played quite well, so I don't like you. Yeah, like that's honestly that's what it was. It was all about him. He was like, yeah, he's like some of the boys said I played really well, and he's like I, the, the boy said to me, oh, I've been we let you down today. Like it was just all about him. Man. I'm like, oh, this guy's like, honestly. I was getting right without watching it, man. And another thing he said was, um, the, oh, the Kenny Miller sat down at half time. Oh, that where Kenny Miller were drawn nil nil with Kamarnock half time. I think it was, and Kenny Miller. A true Ranger, which he is, right? Love Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller knows the standards of Rangers Football Club and he was going into the players and he was like, we're a fucking Rangers Football Club. We don't draw uh, fucking nil-nil with Kamarnock. Uh, and then Josh Windass was saying, oh, I can't be arsed listening to this and was going to the shells and Kenny Miller was like, sit fucking down when I'm talking. Like, honestly, he did not get it. He did not have the mentality to play for Rangers Football Club when he's like, oh, I can't be arsed listening to this. I don't care. You know? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, and you just think you, you thought I'm playing for Rangers Football Club. I, I, I'm, I'm a fantastic player, and all that. And no, it's about the club, and like I was kind of nervous. Uh, I'm not opinion about him, but I'll keep that for another day. Um, and in fact, obviously he's a leader. He knows exactly what it's all about. And he's he also you you take what and he's saying you 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 kind of nervous. Been there, done it. You you must you have to value his opinion. You must listen to what he's saying. And the fact he's just walking away to the showers just kind of shows like it just you know you, get, you can't have that mentality at such a big club that might be okay for us and his family or whatever or even Wigan at this point but uh-huh. not at Rangers Football Club. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. But 
Yeah, honestly, it was a very fascinating watch that interview, Matt. It really was. And there, there was uh, a couple moments which I found funny, like, for example, the, the Jason Cummings and the steak where he picked up an eight-ounce steak and then volleyed it halfway across a restaurant. Like, my God, man, that that is funny, right? But <laughs> it just shows you Cummings and Windass are just so immature. I love Cummings, right? I, like, I think he's a character, but, my God, man, like... <sighs> Fuck. I just can't get my head around that. Like, the actual picture of Cummings and his mad Edinburgh accent is like, oh, look at this steak. I'm going to volley it halfway across the restaurant. Like, oh, man. Like, that, that, that's funny, right? The difference with Cummings is, like, he, he would listen to Ken Miller or Heed. Exactly. In game day, he, he knows what it's all about. He, he wants to improve from his game, but when that's another hand, he's just a silly boy. But Cummings is obviously selling that. But he's still professional. Yeah, like one thing with Cummings is that he always gave his all. Like, yeah, yeah. I still don't think he was given a fair chance at Rangers to yeah, really show his true ability. But my God, when he was given a chance, he gave it his all. He tried, he busted his gut, so he did. And that's one thing you can't fault Cummings for. He was, he loved Rangers, he did, he loved Rangers. He might not have grown up a Rangers fan, he grew up a Hearts fan, but my God, man, you can tell he's a Rangers fan now. Oh, definitely. He's definitely a big He's born to the East Coast of the club, and he's fell in love with us. And honestly, January, Gerard, get him in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything's better than bloody Sadiq. But oh, overall, mate, that interview um, just further proved my whole uh, reasoning for disliking Josh Windass. The guy thought he was better than what he was. He thought he was the next big thing, and. Overall, he just didn't have what it took to play for Rangers Football Club. He was just a daft wee boy, as you say, just so immature and, quite frankly, as I've said, delusional. The guy thinks he can play in the Premier League one day. Good luck with that, no chance. He'll be a journeyman in England. He'll be a journeyman, so he will be throughout the... Going to be in the Championship League 1, playing for teams that will be fighting relegation in the Championship. And... Yeah, he, he had the opportunity to stay at Rangers, but he thought, you know what, I'm going to go down south, and it's not, it's looking like it's not exactly been great for him. So, honestly, good riddance. Honestly, good riddance that Josh Windass is away now. So, I couldn't be happier that yeah, we've got rid of him, mate. So, uh, Matt, uh, obviously this weekend it's uh, Scotland versus... Uh, Scotland, I've got a doubleheader coming up. Uh, it's Scotland-Albania and Scotland-Israel. Um, obviously, we touched on uh, Scotland and Joe phoned in. Um, but I just want to get uh, a couple of predictions from you uh, going into these two crucial, crucial games. Yeah, they're absolutely massive games. Um, and it's make or break for McLeish and his, his Scotland tenure, if you will. Yep. Um, Albania away... It's going to be a difficult game about it. When um, the girls don't make a start, that'll be interesting to see. Yep. Um, but away from home, I don't, I'm, genuinely, I'm genuinely, like Joe said, I'm genuinely worried about this, but I'm hopeful we'll get them at, at Hamden and hopefully a repeat result and we go for a wee win now. Oh, God. Um, so, obviously, we're putting a Benny away and we've got Israel at home. Um, Oh, mate, I'm just not feeling confident, man. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to try and fight. I, I don't know, man. Like, my head's saying, no, we're going to get beat or we're all going to do, win. 
and then my heart's like, no, oh, come on, come on. Uh, I, honestly, I think it will be... I think, in fact, you know what? I think we can nick it. I'm going to say 2-1 against Albania. And Israel, obviously they beat us at their... Uh, yeah, yeah. And if we play like that, we're going to get trounced. Um, Israel, I think, hopefully we've learned lessons from that game. And hopefully McLeish can get his tactics and his system spot on. Because he knows himself, this is make a break. If we don't win, if, like, if we don't talk this group, he'll need to go. Simple as, right? So, but I feel as though I have faith in the big man and I think he'll get it spot on this time, Matt. And I'm going to say 2-1 against Albania and I'm going to say 2-1 against Israel. It won't be pretty, but I don't care how we do it. We need to win the next two games. We do. Yeah, I think Israel, I think, at home. I'm going to go for one over both of them. Nah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So is there anything else you want to add before we finish the podcast, episode 50? No, I think it's been a jam-packed 50th episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Um, and I can't wait for you to listen to this because it's going to be a great episode. It has, it has. So, guys, eh... Uh, it's been a great episode, as Matt said, and big thanks to Joe and to Declan for phoning in, and we're going to make sure the phone-in is going to be a regular thing on the podcast. Maybe not every week, but we'll try and do it every we'll try and do it every week or whatever. But it will you'll be seeing a lot more of uh, this format. So thank you all for listening. The the, the listens this season have been phenomenal. Uh, nobody expect like none of us expected the listens to be this great and we're over the moon with it and we cannot thank you enough guys so thank you for listening and until next time guys take care and we'll see you soon